Hey guys, it's Alex Pala here with episode one of the Real Estate Leadership and Legacy podcast. Today's guest is a very special friend. His name is Naran Kalathangam, an experienced real estate investor working here predominantly in Southern Ontario, as well as real estate investing coach. I personally know a number of the coaching students that Naran has worked with, and it is remarkable what he has done to transform their lives and how he has built abundance uh, to people around him. So I'm really excited to share the nuggets that are coming from this podcast. Uh, Naran, he is a not just a real estate investor, but he's also the chief, chief leadership officer of the Real Estate Wealth Lab. And actually, this coming January, so that's January 2024, and it's specifically the 20th and the 21st, they are hosting a conference called You Named or Unnamed, however you want to pronounce it. So we're actually going to be sharing some links at the bottom as well as some a code to get people a discount. So please consider coming to that. It should be a really, really awesome time. So please check out the episode. Let me know what you guys think. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Alex Powell here, and I am joined uh, today by my good friend Naran Kulathungam. Now I've oh, been practicing really that. Good. I've been practicing that. You said you got to make it sound tribal, so I'm I'm working right. on that. So Naran, I've actually known Naran for oh man a number of years back in when I first started with Rain, and uh, you've always been somebody that I found is inspirational. I find you to be a natural leader. I know, um, you know, in your past experiences, I know a lot of your coaching clients, you've had a major impact on a lot of people I know who now even I consider leaders. So you have this natural tendency to bring the best out of people. And so I want to pull you in, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, real estate, leadership and legacy, because those are the three pillars that we want to hit on this podcast. And so just a very quick introduction, and of course, correct me on any of the things that you know you want to add to or anything like that. But um, Naran, you are the chief leadership officer of the Real Estate Wealth Lab, okay? And so, uh, as well as you are in the process of uh, creating a conference, I guess, starting January twentieth and twenty first. We're going to get into some more details on that at That's the great. end because I know you were talking about a link. And as well as, of course, you have an uh, incredible experience when it comes to actually real estate investing. And so you've gone from the small single families all the way up to larger multifamily properties. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Cool. Perfect. Okay. So I want to start at the very beginning and then we can dive into a little bit more about the, the, uh, the Real Estate Wealth Lab, as well as this conference that you're, you're in, the, in the midst of, uh, of rolling out. Um, but I wanted to kind of hear your story. How did you get into uh, real estate as part of your you know, trajectory towards uh, creating sure. wealth yeah. and, uh, and leadership? Well, Alex, first of all, thank you for having me on this, on this call, on this podcast. You know, I still remember years ago, must have been what now? 12 years ago? At Rain, you and Kaylee, you walked over to me and said, I want to take you out for dinner. Are you available? And I went, who are you talking to me? You want to take me out? And I remember going out and we, and you told me a little bit of what was in your heart and in Kaylee's heart of what you want to create. And I had these conversations with a lot of different people, but there are certain people that stick out as people that will, that have not just a conversation. They don't just make promises. They actually keep 
their word to themselves. And I've watched over the last few years as you and Kaylee have really stepped into that calling in your life and have been really being able to build that. And I've watched in real life how you've built it in, in step by step, process by process. So well done. I, I That's get awesome, that man. Out of the way right at the beginning. Thank you. And that was a hell of a good dinner. I remember that. That's I remember right. that distinctly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. You're welcome. Um, the So I got into real estate by accident. And by accident, I mean, uh, I was, uh, my undergraduate degree is chemistry, biology. I worked as a chemist for a few years. I have a master's degree in New Testament theology from McMaster University. I church planted, which meant I grew churches in areas where nobody wanted to go. And the, and the church I built went from two people to 250 people. Uh, Amazing. The, uh, so, and all, just a quick question on yeah. that, actually. So you chemistry, biology, and then you actually got into theology. Yes. Why, why divert? What, what caused um, that diversion? From the time I was 13, I've always felt this sense of calling towards helping people create a really meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And for real meaning to be created, you need to have access to what I call truth, not just what you think or what you believe. And that's where the sciences really came into play. Then I also found that people needed to have a connection, a spiritual connection to something greater than themselves. And that led me into theology. And um, I've always known I would end up there. And what happened was that after that, I had had all these student debts that were following me around. So I ended up going into business in a renovation company uh you know built that and and did all that then when i got my debts paid off i went back into my field where i wanted to end up which was really teaching so i was a professor for mcmaster or not mcmaster for masters college and seminary mm-hmm. then from there i landed the associate dean job and then they gave me the dean's position for one of the directors so i thought i had made it because my entire life was about leadership development I love developing people. Like yeah. I can see when people talk to me, I can see what what is desperately wanting to come out and what gets pushed down with the mundaneness of everyday life. And so uh, I thought I had arrived. Here's where real estate came into play. I'd always thought about real estate, never done it. My son was three months old. I left the house. I was going downtown Toronto to my office. On I rode a 900cc Ninja motorcycle. Right, real cool bike. Mm-hmm. It's the same bike that Tom Cruise rides in Top Gun. Exactly. So same you're bike. pretty much Tom Cruise. That's what you're pretty saying. much the brown brother. <laughs> yeah. Less hair, right? Yeah. So anyway, here's what took place. I was five blocks from my house, sitting at a red light, waiting for the light to turn green. Lady comes up behind me, eight twenty in the morning, doesn't see the lights, doesn't see me, plows through me, doing over sixty kilometers an hour. I pop straight up. My head opens up her windshield. When she stops, I get thrown back out. I wake up in the hospital with a broken leg, but that was not the big issue. The issue was that I ended up having a traumatic brain injury. So I had to learn again how to read or not read, but process written material from a grade three level on. So I started with Calvin and Hobbes. Um, I had to learn how to be around people again. 
I had to learn how to be around light and everything bothered me. And so mm-hmm. through that process, it took me about eight years to get out of that darkness. And through that process, we realized we had no money saved. We were living paycheck to paycheck. And so we did a crazy move. We pulled $70,000 out of our primary residence. And we leveraged that house back in those days. We could go 95% loan to value. So I do not recommend you go 95% loan to value. But what I did, I pulled $70,000 out. I took that $70,000 and I ended up joining Rain. I ended up hiring coaches to, to teach me how to invest in real estate. And I ended up buying my first investment property. I love it. I love then, it. A second property. Then what took place was that I got better. I could go back to work. and But the dean's position wasn't there, uh, wasn't available. And so I would have to go back as a prof. And it was my dad, who's also an academic, said to me, he said, Narendra, this is the time when you can do something different if you want to. Because you going back as a prof is going to be trouble. You'll want to run the place. I know you. And so I thought about it and went into real estate investing, just took the leap to go full time uh, into it. And it was tough. It's still tough. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to manage that and grow our, uh, through joint venture partnerships, through representing, you know, through coaching, through all different ways been able to build a real estate portfolio and i believe i'm around 55 doors i think it's it may have dropped by two because i just sold two houses mm-hmm. so something around 50 ish how's that yeah that's great it's amazing honestly it's um it, such a wild story and uh you know i, th- I find even like i don't even know which part to focus on first but from the accident portion i find that that whole they say that the best things grow in shit you know that that's the truth in in all that's true so yeah and so you know to have to persevere because a lot of people would use that as the crux that fails them till the end of their life and that just rolled out and that's just what happened these are the cards i've been dealt it takes a special person and i think it takes a special mindset especially to persevere with such a like such an obstacle in your path I, I think that's that's amazing. I can't imagine how eight years of just trying to push through that to get to the other end. And now look, now look, you're considered one of the, you know, especially in the rain community and the real estate investors community, you're incredibly well respected and people consider you as a leader to lead others that has been Thank born you. from this like perseverance. I think it's amazing. And so now uh, from the, from the onset of, of having completed that, you know, uh, I guess rebirth, for lack of a better word. Yes. Now, what has what has made you veer towards leadership? Because, of course, uh, you know, leveraging your property and taking whatever else you can. By the way, to the people listening, when you're doing something that is that dramatic or that impactful to your life, it, you know, throwing all your cards on the table is is nerve wracking. However, when you're doing these things, it's it's never works well next to never works if you're doing it a la carte if you're just going to dip your toe in the water a little bit and i see this all the time people get a coach or do some sort of training and then they just try it by dipping their toe in the water and then they're like yeah it didn't work wasn't for me you know 
But, you know, taking that kind of a drastic move, you were like, I've got to succeed. I have no choice but to succeed. I've leveraged everything. and I've put all the money on my cards on the table. Well, I think I had some things going for me. Uh, one, heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's um, a few years ago, the, the word, um, what was it? Not heritage, but when you have a special, um, I can't even remember the word now, Alex. Talent? And, no, it wasn't talent. Uh, it was when you are privileged. That's the word I'm looking uh-huh. for, right? So there was this lot of talk about, oh, you got white privilege. And as, as an immigrant, as a, as a visible minority, it used to really bug me because privilege is not connected to skin color. It is connected to the sacrifice that you have made in order to cause that privilege. And it's connected to the sacrifice people before you have made in order to, so that you can have the privilege. When I went through this, I, um, there were, there were a couple of things that would not allow me to fail. One, I was infused with this idea from the time I was young that I have a certain responsibility, a certain, um, uh, weight of presence, a certain um, demand on my life that yeah. I can't just take off my shoulder. It was placed on me because I bore the name Kulathungam. Yes. Yes. Because 100%. of the sacrifice my parents made, because of the sacrifices my grandparents made. Yeah. Like, I immigrated to Canada. When I officially immigrated to Canada, I was 17 turning 18. We came mm-hmm. into Hamilton. And when we got, we came here, we had nothing to our name. We had a couple hundred dollars. That was it. And the only reason we had uh, n- nothing to our name is because we were coming from Sri Lanka out of a civil war. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Sri Lanka, my dad was a prophet at the university. There were... Uh, mobs that came to the house to kill us. We were in hiding for weeks. They ransacked the house. In my basement, I actually have, maybe another time I'll show this to you, I actually have a, uh, um, we call it a turntable, like a, like a, you know, a vinyl record player Mm -hmm. and a cassette Mm -hmm. deck and it's made by Sony and it is archaic. And it's Mm -hmm. still there. The reason it's there is because the first time when my dad did his PhD at Mac, we were in Canada, and we had gotten this. Somebody had given us this, and it went back to Sri Lanka. And when they when they ransacked and the riots took place, somehow underneath the rubbish, this had survived. But the speakers Amazing. and everything had gone, and so we had actually we, because it's all we had. We had actually brought it back to Canada, and to this day, my my iPhone pay, plays better quality music than this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing means something. For sure. It's a symbol, right? So I think that for me, I was always infused with the idea that I carried in myself a sense of responsibility to the people before me and to the people that come ahead of me. And because of Dude, that... that is so, so amazing. Right. Yeah. Secondly, um, I had a family network that would not give up on me. Like I, they just would not. My dad, my parents would not give up on. Me. They said, "We're just going to pray," and 
and thirdly, I come from um, a faith. I'm, I'm a Christian, but I and I make no bones about it. I'm a follower of Christ, but I come from a faith that has been tested. It's not something that was just imposed on me because of my upbringing. It has been tested. I had to stand for it. I almost lost my life for it. Uh, like and so because of that. There's, there's a strength and integrity that, that comes from that, that would yeah. not allow me to fail. So I was either going to die trying or win trying. One of the two was going to happen. But. Oh, man, I love that. That is such a amazing story. If, if I can maybe share a little bit of insight too. From Absolutely. That, that fire within you. My, um, my grandfather you know, fled the Hungarian Revolution when he was 17. Mm. Nothing to Germany. Then he started a family, met my grandmother there, had my mom and uncle. Then they came out to Canada. Once again, nothing in their po- And then they, they built their way up and to the point where my grandfather went back and started a company and in Hungary and employed like I don't, over 100 people in this factory and got the highest honor from Hungary. It's like being knighted in Hungary called the Lovagrend. And he did that from nothing. And he got that award for bringing prosperity to Hungary. And I look at myself and I look at the things that I do on a day-to-day basis. And I look at, you know, the rest of my family and how hard they've worked to get us, myself, my brothers to where we are here with, you know, roof overhead, clothes on our back and the food on our table. And I'm like, I have a duty to like, to, to do better, to provide my children with something even better, to provide them with the tools that they need to succeed so that when I pass, they are even better off than I am. And that's not just monetarily, that's intellectually, that's confidence, that's spiritually, that's all of that to become a yes. more wholesome individual. I think it's our duty. I, I love that you shared that because I find such commonality in that. I think that's such a beautiful story. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. You're, you're welcome. And that's what it. you just said, that's not, that is your privilege. Yes. And the privilege sure. is not a negative word. Mm-hmm. It is, um, I'm going to borrow an old thought that I use in leadership development all the time. And the old thought is in, in the, uh, th- that actually comes out of Christianity where Christ says, pick up your cross and follow me. And the cross is not a nice pendant you wear around your neck to look groovy. Mm-hmm. It was the worst torturous method of execution known to man, especially at that time. The um, pick up your cross means that when you have a certain responsibility and privilege in your life, you do what you can. You do the utmost for others and, and for, to bring that to, uh, to fulfillment. But there are things that you cannot change, things that you will never change. They are just your cross. That is your cross to bear. Bear, yeah. suffer well. Yes. Because oh, man. they're depending on you. That is awesome. That is that is truly ins- inspirational. <laughs> so now tell Must me when you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, um, so now your ascension to more leadership. So, uh, so now you've kind of overcome this massive obstacle of your accident. You've you know put all your cards on the table. You've gotten into real estate. You got into coaching. Uh, so you hired coaches. You surrounded yourself with the right people, the right network, and then you started buying properties. Now, 
after collecting and, and acquiring more opportunities, what made you want to get into inspiring others and helping others achieve the same thing? Um, one, I've always been like that. I have over four decades of leadership development. So I've always been in that space. It's just the clothing that I wear in that space changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the I, it's almost like I'm automatically preset that way. If when I got into um, real estate, I wanted to be the kind of investor that gave more than took. Uh, I wanted to be the guy that could actually inspire change in others because I like to develop leaders of leaders. And I know that if I can help develop, like for example, if I can inspire you, I'm not inspiring you. I'm inspiring you and your entire network. Mm-hmm. And from the time that I got into real estate, I've always been, I'm, I'm just wired that way. i am always been, how can I take what I've learned, repackage it in a better way? How can I use this to help somebody else? It's automatic. And I come also from a family of academics. My grandfather was the first Sri Lankan to have graduate degrees in English. He was uh, the... Um, the editor for the Morning Star newspaper in, in Sri Lanka and a Shakespearean scholar. My dad has a PhD. Uh, when I grew up, I was told I was, I should have two PhDs. So mm-hmm. it was just, it's just always there. Very, very good. So um, coming from a, uh, you know, the theology background, I guess, inspiring others. And this is actually an important consideration too. I find that with uh, spirituality and with, uh, I guess the religious aspect of certain things, I find that especially in my generation, there's a lot of people that have kind of reverted back from that that place. Because uh, one one thing I've noticed too is that it, you know from your experiences as as a pastor and creating these churches, you have to do that by inspiring people. And it's I find, yeah, for sure, it's all people that want to rally towards something that inspires them. That's why people would go to these these uh, these functions, churches, wherever, communities. Um, And so I found too, in my personal experience, as a young person, I deviated from places like the church and I would push it away. I didn't want to go to these places because I would go there and then you just have some person preaching their, uh, their opinion, which was always, you know, Hungarians are just known to be just negative. (laughs) A lot of times, so you you go there and you you'd, uh, you'd be like, oh my lord, I'm sitting here for an hour listening to this guy. But um, but at, now having actually children, having kids, and understanding that there is a meaning behind a lot of this stuff, it's actually really opened my eyes to a lot of the the teachings, a lot of the the aspects of kind of the church, religion, all that kind of stuff. So it's very very interesting. But the question I have to you is. What do you do to help you inspire others? Like, how do you go about as a leader inspiring others? No one's ever asked me that question before. Uh huh. Glad to. I'm how glad do I'm I your go first. about inspiring others? I've never deconstructed that, so let me do it in real time live. Okay. Uh, my approach is well, I have a company called Real Estate Wealth Lab, which I'm the chief leadership officer for. 
I also mm-hmm. have another, my coaching business called the Ascension Principle. And it really plays in the background. Like I haven't really pushed it forward because uh, just because I haven't been building that that much. Yeah. So, um, you know, in your experience and of course, creating churches and being a pastor and, and uh, you know, bring people to to a place where they wish to be inspired. What do you do to inspire others? How do you inspire leadership within people? I think one of the things that I do, Alex, is um, I have a company called the Ascension Principle, which is which I run my coaching through. But really, that name came about because it's my approach to leadership development. What I'm what I've found in my own life and in the history of people that I've studied and in people that I meet is that there's a common pattern that happens. People go through life and inside of them, they have this moment where they feel a connection to something greater and want that connection to be lived out by the creation of something greater. It could be a vision. It could be a, you know, whatever they want to want to build. We call in business term uh, language, we call it creating a vision, right? But what I find is that as people go through life, at a, some point, something happens that totally sideswipes their, their progress, or they never actually execute on what they need to, and the everydayness of life kind of kills it. What happens is that the dream dies and doesn't always die completely. It just dies down to embers and it's there. Mm-hmm. What I've found is that if you really want to create something big, you have to have a dream that is from outside of you, that is imposed on you in some way. That It's not like you dream the dream. It's that the dream captures you. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is that that dream often will die. And then it needs to be reborn in a different way that you've never envisioned before. And I so whenever I'm talking to people, I'm looking for where's the dream? Where's the death? What's waiting to be reborn? And so it's an approach yeah. I take to all my conversations. So you're almost uh from an a visual standpoint, you're like you're prodding the embers and re reigniting the flame a little bit. <laughs> it's a it's actually very interesting you know, I was just gonna say to, prod- the the, the it, I, I did a course for my master's degree at Mac. Uh, I was doing some counseling courses, and the the prof we were going through this book called anyway. It was a counseling course, and the mm-hmm. prof who was teaching it all of a sudden stopped. Then he came over to me and he said, "Naran, for example, there's only two of you in the entire class, but he's highly gifted in what I call shit disturbing." Like, well, he goes, he's, he's got the makeup. He's not your typical counselor because he won't let things just sit there. He'll poke that piece of shit until it stinks. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Honestly, I find that, um, what in, in my, my kind of growth, I I think a lot of the, the coin term that I heard a lot was your big why. 
is, is figuring out what your big why is. And, you know, you get people like, oh, my big why are my kids. I just want to do everything for me. It's not your big why. No, that's, that's just, not. It's that's... not. It's just, a, it's just, yeah, of course, you know, I would do anything for my kids. That's a given. But that's not your ember. That's not the fire that percolates within you. That is more legacy. Yes, and we're going to yeah. get to that. However, it's like your big why, if you can find that and you and it could be something as odd as uh, something like consistency. Consistency mm-hmm. can be something like or like or, you know, to uh, to give more than what you are. You know, there can be all kinds of these different things in some capacity. But I find obviously the specific specificity uh, the specificness i'm gonna I, I'll, I'll be making up some words the, on this podcast is not that's my first sure. language, so don't look at me <laughs> yeah exactly but i think find the specificness of whatever your goal or ember is as soon as you can define it that's where it's like you know you feel that flame engulf you and it, it gives you energy it gives you a so, fuel it gives you fire you know let it's me awesome. ask you this alex why do you do what you do that's a very good question. Um, for for myself, it's always been um, I need to challenge myself in such a way that also implements growth within me, because I think that that makes me a better friend, it makes me a better husband, it makes me a better son, it makes me a better brother, it makes me a better dad, and and if I see within myself growth. If I see consistent growth and the reason I'm just happy to be passionate about real estate and that I'm just interested in, it's like being interested in like a video gamer or something. It's just like that. I'm, I really love it. I think it's got all the elements of the challenge that I really crave. So for me, it's like people always ask, Alex, you have your real estate license, but like you don't do a lot of transact. Like for me, it's like having a driver's license. It's no difference. It's just my license that I've gone through the schooling to do. But I'm not, that's not my passion is transactional real estate. My passion has been real estate investing because through that, I can build businesses. So we have a property management business. We have a, uh, like a capital raising business. You know, we do transactional real estate. We do construction. So all these things can percolate from that. And from that, you can inspire others. You can bring people on who also want to grow within your sphere. And I think that that whole element derives from wanting to be challenged more and better. And like we were talking about earlier from like the duty that we have is to become something more than what we are. And so for me, it, it ends up coming out of the filter from all different aspects from, you know, my relationship with Kaylee to the relationship I have with my boys to everything around me, to the relationships I get to build with people like you I love to walk away from a network and I'm just like vibrating with inspiration because it's just, is what fuels me. So for me, it's, uh, it's been, and I don't know if that's maybe as definitive as maybe it needs to be. I think a lot of these ty- things can be summed up with one word often. So Alex, yeah. can I rephrase back to you? This is just, yeah, yeah. Hit me up. We're getting a, a, a live version of the, the coaching so, from no, the master. Just, I want it. So, so here, here's what I would, I would rephrase that. Right. If I was Alex, I would say something like, I believe that people should grow and grow and grow. And I'm committed to growth and challenging myself because I believe that you 
and me, like we can actually, we have a responsibility towards growth. We are going there. Oh, by the way, where we do, we do this in the world of real estate. Yeah, that's that? the uh, the Simon Sinek uh, Simon version. Sinek. Yes. Yeah, they start yes. with why. Yeah, people why. never believe in what you do or how you do it. They believe in why you do it in the first place. Yes. And I, and I love that. Truly, you start with so, why you start with makes, why. It ends up making a lot of sense when you just yeah. revert it backwards like that. So yeah. I, I'd like to take some time now, too, to understand your ideas of legacy. So you've created this um, reputation, which is incredibly positive, and you inspire others. And, you know, I see at the networking groups, people are like, you know, following you around to just, you know, have a chat with you, maybe take you up for dinner. I don't know who those weirdos would be. But anyway, um, what's your idea? Of, like, what do you feel your legacy is about? What do you feel that when I'm no longer here, I'd like to have made an imprint in some capacity? What does that look like? I don't know. And the reason I, I say I don't know is because when I was young, I didn't care about legacy. Now that I'm older, I do care about legacy. And I think I'm in the process of figuring out what that looks like. So I haven't, I know the general direction I'm heading. Mm -hmm. I just can't give you a crystal clear yeah. idea of what that looks like. And that's actually okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that by any means. I think it's a fascinating question. And, and this is part of the reason why this podcast has kind of come to fruition. Because, you know, we see people who are building wealth or people who are changing lives or people who are inspiring others or you name it, creating businesses or, you know, employing multiple people. And it's, what do you want to leave? How do you want to be? Uh, it's not even... It's not even what do you want to leave behind. It's like, what change would you have liked to have inspired within others? So, so, so let me kind of orbit that question and, and pull it in a little bit tighter in, in my answer to you. I think, you know, I, I was in a, a meeting a while back and we were talking about money and stuff. And somebody said, well, Naran, he just should just walk down the road and people will throw money at him. And then one guy, he said something interesting. He said, well, you know, if there's money in the room, Naran's going to go after it. And he meant it as a negative. And I stopped. And, 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 it was, and I, I, I dealt with that in a certain way. But, mm -hmm. I, but that kind of stayed kind of like, a, you know, like an irritation in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. And I realized something. If there is money in a room, I will often move towards the money. But the reason I move to the money is not because I'm greedy for that money. The reason I move towards the money is because the money represents a pain point for the person with the money. It is often a conversation about, I don't know what to do with this. I'm stressed. My family wants me to do this. My bank wants me to do this. Like I'm totally overwhelmed or I need money. I've got a kid going off to university in four years and I've been working 50 hours a week and I don't feel like I'm getting ahead. And what happens in that entire conversation is that they're calling their purpose, their dream of who they're meant to be and the legacy they want to be, create gets stifled. Mm -hmm. So 
I want to be known as a catalyst that actually is able to create massive change in people through what I call uh, not knowledge, but intelligence or wisdom. Hmm. Um, and and um, uh, that's one thing I want to do. Two, I want to help people find um, find more money, create wealth. Because money won't buy you happiness, but it sure will buy you a car, put your kids to school, get, get a coat in the winter, and, and, yeah. and, and, and you take your wife out for dinner once in a while. Yeah, right? my, my grandmother always says that money can't buy you happiness, but it's easier to cry in a Bentley than on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I love that. But uh, honestly, I, I think that that whole idea of pursuing money it, it in real estate is funny because there's this line of like, you know, that snake oil salesman with the grease back hair going door to door versus the person who holds the opportunity. And I know you, Naran, obviously, I know you have a good reputation amongst your investors and everybody. You are the one who creates opportunity. I think that those people are much more rare. There's an abundance of money out there. Money comes yes. and flows freely. The question is, is that wh what do I do with the money? How do I generate more money? How do I create passive income? How do I create legacy? These are all ideas that often people don't have the answer to. And when you're talking about being the catalyst, you're tying these two elements together. You're, you're saying, okay, well, I've got the knowledge and the opportunities that I can then help. And you wouldn't be successful if you didn't help people. Not in this industry. The the. Yes. The the word travels quickly. If if you uh, if word you don't, gets. yes, totally. It's such a small industry that that it's uh you know if if you wind up in this kind of a situation where you have an opportunity or you've taken advantage of somebody, you will not last. It will not happen. And I find that you know people like yourself, myself, when we we treat other people's money with even more. Uh, stringent, you know, uh, oh, yeah. uh, more strictness than others. There's this paranoia within us to protect yeah. the people that we are bringing into our 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 hold, you know, and that makes us. I think that's a. If you're not that, then you shouldn't be in the game. I don't think because yeah. that is a truly important factor is to treat other people's money better than your own. But to yes. be the opportunity person to create yeah. that opportunity to to flare it into existence is the true passion, the true skill. That yeah. is where the skill set lies. And with money, I'm not really placing people's money. I'm partnering with them. Yes. Right? Of course. But but I'm managing the overall project because that's my skill set. Yeah. The um, the other thing about about wealth creation. So what has happened for me is that I've actually shifted. It used to be that I was really good with the new investor. Now I'm good with the seasoned investor. Yeah. I want I want to work with leaders. And if you are new and don't have a single door to, under you, I can still work with you, but you had better bring the fire and the hustle. Yeah, yeah. Right to work, right? Um, but I, I work now with people that, like I, I want to be with, I want to help people that want to scale up. That's amazing. Right? That's amazing. And the third thing in, on the legacy front is that I really want to help people have meaningful conversations. I mean, we are taught, 
we are taught don't talk about money, don't talk about politics, and don't talk about religion. But those are the three areas in which people's values are crystallized. Yes. And if you cannot have a value-based conversation, then you can't have a real conversation. And we're so afraid yep. of offending somebody else. But you cannot communicate unless you take the risk of being offensive. Yes, I love that. That right? is a JP quote right there through and through. That's right, JP. I JP. love it. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I love that. I think so, that the, the important thing within this, and the reason why people deviate, because they you're 100%, they don't want to offend. But in order to speak, you have to risk being offensive, you know? And in order to think, I think that the what truly should transpire, and I hope that, you know, as these pendulums start to swing back, is that people are able to have conflict in a positive manner. Just because someone doesn't believe what you believe or think the way you think or have the same values doesn't mean they're wrong or bad. It yeah. just means that those are their values. And we can appreciate amongst a, an array of values that ours might not be for everybody. But I agree with you completely. I think that at the end of the day, people just need to, uh, these conversations, I, Kaylee and I have spoken a lot about it too. The conversation around money is money is energy. That's all it is. Energy flows and comes and, and you draw it or you push it away or that's all it is. If you can sit there and you can talk about the fundamentals of money, it doesn't mean that you're sitting there hoarding money. It means that you're actually helping your children understand the importance of financial literacy. And I'm telling you right now, most of the people that would have those conversations who aren't financial leadership, uh, literate, sorry, would perpetuate the stereotypes they have about money if they had those conversations. And so I think the important part is to start to network and start to understand financial literacy. Because I remember growing up, I'm super blessed with two awesome parents. But the conversation around money is you take your money, you save it. You do not spend that on any. No, no, you save that money. You know, it's just like, and so for me, I like the conversation is very different with my boys. If they're they're old enough to be able to do basic math and and read a bank statement, I'm going to challenge them on where they can start to deploy that capital to start making yes. a return and understand how you can utilize your money so that you can yeah. be a little bit more intelligent. And just by doing that, just by understanding how difficult. It is on the forefront to create a little bit of extra return and wealth. By that, they're not going to be frivolously spending. They're not going to be, you know, going and and yeah. buying things that are unimportant because they're going to understand that 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 first million dollars is a big challenge. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden it clicks, and then all of a yeah. sudden it starts to flow. You, you start creating a completely different conversation. Hundred. What's next? What's next? What's next for me? For you, like who? Let me ask you this, Alex. Yeah. Just, I, I'm curious from my own curiosity. Who inspires you or who do you? No, no. Let me rephrase that question. Who do you allow to influence you? Who do I allow to influence me? Yes. Um, that's a good question. Um, well, I personally, talking to individuals like yourself. I have always been the kind of guy that I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I go to rooms where I'm the dumbest guy in the room because I want to be inspired by others. I find uh, leadership very, very inspiring. I think that if you are somebody that can help reshape someone's life, and we have done this already, 
on a very minor scale with past employees that have now like we've helped them get into investing or family members who we've like helped them transition mm-hmm. to something new and bigger. I find that there is a opportunity there to just, ha- it's an infinite amount of inspiration that you can derive from something like that. So for me, what's next is actually from the real estate side, we're going to be focusing on substantially larger buildings. And we've really done well on the small scale multifamily, uh, even small scale apartment buildings. However, now we're going to be starting to target through syndications, much larger buildings. And I think that that's one, an opportunity to challenge myself. Two, it's an opportunity to bring more people into the fold and help them experience the same um, the same kind of benefits. Okay. Awesome. Let me throw the question back to you. What's next for you? Uh, I really want to build up real estate wealth lab. Yes. That- so tell, tell me about the real estate wealth lab. So we are a group of investors. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, all of us are highly skilled in our area. You'll know some of them, Ken, Glenafticus or Lewis, um, you'll know Richard Dolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, We're highly skilled in our areas, but we have been bouncing ideas off of each other and helping each other grow. And we, we out of it came Real Estate Wealth Lab, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a boutique um, investment club. What we do is primarily, we're not, there's a lot of, companies and groups out there that will teach you how to invest in real estate. We want to make you invest in real estate. I know that sounds a little large, but, <laughs> but here, here's, here's, let me, let me rephrase that. We are really, we're the people to reach out to. If you find this market highly complex and convoluted mm-hmm. And you want somebody to show you either how to invest, where to walk with you, or do it for you. One of the two. I love it. Uh, so we we have. I'm the leadership officer. So what my job is really well fitted for me. My job is to build investors. Right. That's what I do. I build investors. The um, so that's what we're next year. I'll be focusing very strongly on growing that community. Amazing. The uh, other thing that we're doing, Real Estate Wealth Lab Rule, as we're called, R-E-W-L, we are also sponsoring another event that myself and Lewis are running, which is called UNAMED. It's spelled Mm U-N-A-M-E-D. Two-day conference, January 20th to 21st. Yep. And it is downtown Toronto. Two full days. We'll have about 15 speakers, I believe, are on the lineup. And we will be speaking about everything from real estate to leadership development to your health. Uh, we have a chef on there. Like we, we're look, our speakers are made up of people that said, I'm tired of the nine to five. I need to escape this and I need to create something better and different. I love it. And so it'll be an inspirational event. It'll be an event meant to disturb your, the status quo in you. And mm-hmm. it'll, be a meant, um, it'll be an event meant to make you leave the conference going, I got to do something else. 
<laughs> right. I love it. Well, I know that uh, Kaylee and I will be there. And uh, and I believe we had spoken that, that we're going to have a link that we can provide yep. so that if people would love to get tickets, January 20th and 21st, downtown Toronto, the you named or unnamed conference. Um, we'll, post, we'll, we'll post the link. We'll put a link to you. Yep. We'll have a special link so that any of your people will, will get a, a big discount. Amazing. Right? Amazing. I can promise you 20%. I'm going to try and make that more. Oh, good man. Okay. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> because your type of people are the kinds of people we want that will, course. will be inspired on this. Of course. All right. Well, Naran, you are a inspiration and an absolute wealth of knowledge. I'm so grateful to you and your time for sitting here and chatting with us and our viewers and Thank sharing so. a bit of your story. I think that you're um, you're forced to be reckoned with. And I love the fact that... Um, that what you're doing is so positive and just full of like life. So keep going and, uh, and we're with you all the way. Thank you. And can I, uh, Alex, can I tell your viewers how they can connect with me? Yes, of course. Of course. That's a, that's a, a given. Absolutely. Right. You want to connect with me. The, the easiest way is Instagram at yep. Naran, N-I-R-A-N, K-U-L-A, Kula, the first four letters, and I'll show up. Or you can just Google me, but Naran, uh, at Naran Kula, Instagram, that, that'll get you connected to me. If you are interested in real estate, realestatewealthlab.com, right? And then, uh, yeah. And, we'll, I mean, uh, we'll post these in the show notes as well so okay. that people can just click on the link and it'll like, yeah. take them right to you as well. Okay. So but once again, thank you. Thank you for your time. And I wish you nothing but all the success. Thank you. Look forward to chatting again. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining me on today's episode of the Real Estate Leadership and Legacy Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and please check out some of our other videos. We've got an abundance out there. We've got a lot of great insight and information, and we'll see you guys on the next one.